normally. Okay. Position the mic how you like it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty good. Speak into the sock. I am speaking into the sock. What does the sock say? I'm not telling you that. <laughs> Hold on. No one say anything for a second. Okay, doke. Should we keep the doors open or closed? Uh, I think hearing birds in the background is fine. Depends on you're the sound master. We won't hear many birds because we're using the dynamic microphones. And they only pick up things that are directly in front of them how are you wet how are you wet how does he get wet how does he get wet where does he go he the toilet is closed the bathtub have you had the sink no i haven't (laughs) neither of us have used it (laughs) today oh i need to get my coffee hold on Mm -hmm. okay everybody welcome back to our life is sweet podcast coming to you from uh glorious lord roberts manitoba on this beautiful sunday afternoon june the early in june Fifth, it's Pride Day. Pride Day in Winnipeg. <laughs> Do you know when I was when I was growing up, the reason that uh, Pride stuff was bad wasn't what I was told. It's not because people were gay or anything. We were not 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 about being gay. It's just that Pride is a sin and isn't something to be celebrated. <laughs> the weak weak excuse. Good try, Christians. Try again. <laughs> it was just another way to shit on the gays, but yeah. <laughs> that was the uh, that was the way to get out of it, yeah. to get around it. No, that's prideful. I don't endorse that sort of thing, especially with Mennonites. Though, actually, you know, said by people leading their services in a literal stadium. <laughs> this was not they. We didn't have mega churches in the Red Red River, Red River Valley in the eighties at the time. No, but they that were friends with people who. There was associations with uh, folks who I had mega churches, but the thing is, I think, well, for Mennonites, I think in particular, there's a heavy emphasis on not being prideful and always being humble. When I was a kid, I was told repeatedly that pride was the worst of the sins, and that's what caused Satan's downfall in the beginning. From Lucifer in heaven, the best angel, God's best friend in heaven, to God's worst, being punted off off to be uh god's worst enemy in hell it's because because of pride just need an excuse to not have fun (laughs) um they just don't don't want to enter into the spirit of uh yeah of having fun um and (laughs) celebrating being alive (laughs) and uh fighting against the powers that would harm you for being different the interesting thing, though, is like Mennonites have been harmed by the powers for being different. And yet they continue to harm others. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's you what happens edit, when you... You can edit that out. If no, you I'm keeping to. that in. Because <laughs> it's true. Well, that's, not just, when you just, that's like, not just Mennonites. That's any uh, religious fundamentalism um, across across the globe. Honestly, I would say that it's the like the ruling attitude towards yeah. anything is just shut up and don't have any fun. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um yeah, so we've had uh it's kind of been actually a nice a nice month or two. Uh stress levels have Speaking gone of not down. having any fun. Oh. We've been having fun. Yeah, it's been nice. We like being alive, by the way. Yeah. And we have a lot we of We like it again. That's yeah. why this podcast is called The Life is Sweet Podcast. <laughs> 
Well, I... Not the Life is Tolerable podcast. Yes, I have managed to secure um, a near full-time contract. That was uh, last month uh, that happened. Good for you, dear. You did it. Yeah, the last month has been um, notably less stressful uh, than the ones before. I called a guy. Um, You knew a guy. I knew a guy. Yeah. It's all about who you know. I don't know. I called a guy and it happened. Um, but yes, it's nice. We're, we're sort of just, um, well, I'm, I'm getting into wrapping up the school year. Um, of course, I have to clear out my classroom um, and find spots for all my stuff. Um, and then, which I haven't had to do in about three years. Uh, and then we are sort of slowly but surely getting um, ready for baby. So I'm I'm enter- I'm entering into the very slow process of tidying my office, getting into uh, the deep places. Uh, and digging out um, all the little junk-filled corners, dark corners. Uh, so that's that's quite the process, um, which is why I'm starting fairly early. Uh, we still have another three months to go until D-Day, <laughs> until B-Day. Uh, B-Day, yes. Which, I mean, may occur earlier than that, but technically, yeah. Another, um, yeah, it's actually, if it's the fifth, then tomorrow would make it, yeah, almost three months until B-Day. Um, and then, uh, yeah, John is sort of working on house stuff, so we haven't kicked it into high gear yet, but, um, try, just kind of chipping away at it slowly but surely, acquiring baby things, that's kind of been the theme, um, is starting to look for used items, um, which has actually been a very, like, philosophical process <laughs> for yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. For okay, me. so how do you... How do you get baby stuff if you don't have any money? Yeah, so, I mean, it's not that we're, like, there are certainly people who are expecting and have a lot less resources than we do, so we're very lucky. Um, But a lot of baby stuff is pretty expensive. Um, Some of it's optional, some of it isn't. Um, And actually, some of the stuff that will save you money in the long run uh, can be the most expensive. So... We had some friends, uh, we have some friends who are passing on some baby stuff for free, which is awesome. So we've got like a crib and a high chair and a lot of the baby linens. Uh, People are always very happy to pass you on things like clothes and swaddles and all the linen sort of stuff for free. Thank Um, you to Lauren and Maria, by the way. Shout out to them. Thank you for that. Um, Sort of also the philosophical part has been running into some folks who um are good people but uh that consumer and that i don't know that i I don't know if it's consumer mindset or what it is um it's a different mind it's a different mindset we've talked about this yeah this is middle class mindset it's middle class mindset um you know it when you see it it's hard to describe (laughs) but you definitely know it when you see it yeah and so kind of running into that every once in a while where um someone we know will have a baby item but Either they paid a lot of money for it or they know it's worth a lot of money and they're unwilling, even though they're not using it and they'll never use it again, they're unwilling to pass it on either for free or very cheap. Even if they don't need the money mm-hmm. as well. And in some instances received it as a gift um, themselves. So um, just sort of running into that, which is, is totally fine if, if you want to sell your item more power to you. But um, for myself, I... 
I think when it comes to like friends, um, as soon as something's over about 50 bucks, I just, I feel like it kind of, it can pollute a friendship for me. Like, I don't like the feeling. It's um, scuzzy. Yeah, I don't, I, well, they're not scuzzy, but like that's whatever. The activity, the behavior is scuzzy. The exchange of money, um, I don't, I don't like, I don't feel comfortable with. So just sort of, um, the, ex- the exchange of money for like, for essentials, for necessities yeah. between, I don't know, not relatively equals, but like between people of your in your own community. Yeah. When there's is not where a monetary transaction isn't necessary. Yeah. And in fact is detrimental to building a relationship detrimental to building relationships of care within your community. Yeah. I think that's what we're getting at. Yeah, and and part of it too is that like um when we're done with our baby stuff, like I don't I don't want to go through the process of reselling it or or doing anything like that. Like I just want to find somebody who needs baby things and give it all to them and be like, "Here you go. Here's all you the things need, you need." Yeah, if you don't need baby stuff, like pass it on yeah give it away for free or or sell it for cheap um so like my mom uh i'm very lucky that both of our moms um both grandmas are retired and love going to garage sales and thrift stores uh hell yeah though they've been on on um duty there so my mom this weekend acquired a like basically new like used by one person um electric breast pump which those things are about 300 bucks i can't wait to try it out yeah i know you're very excited um you can we'll get you the little brazier that puts the pumps on so that you don't even have to hold it you'll be hands-free excellent yeah it's everything you've ever dreamed you know when i said i wanted to be a stay-at-home dad i meant that i wanted the whole experience I wish. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So these babies are like uh, this is a nice brand one. Um, comes in a little carrying case and everything. Um, my mom went to like a yard sale in a small town and got it for forty bucks. They're worth about three hundred. So that rocked. Um, that's very awesome. And uh, definitely we're set for clothes and things like that. Like kind of got everything you need there. Um, we're just sort of like. Yeah, we're just looking for like a few other, like a bassinet and um, car seats, car seats. People are kind of weird about car seats um, and strollers. People are very, um, I'm finding that people are strange about the worth of car seats and strollers, which why is have why a limited life sh- uh, shelf life, which is interesting. Um, the car seat one is interesting because car seats expire after about 10 years of, of manufacture. And it makes sense. And why do they expire? Well... There's a couple of reasons. Um, they are made out of plastic and plastic degrades. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it's not, um, it becomes brittle over time. Um, and so there's... Especially if it's exposed to the sun. If yeah. If it's in yeah. the car. Exactly. Exposed to it, heat, car, you know, all movement, all these things. Right. Um, and technology changes as well. Uh, so, like, there's a good reason that they expire. But they, they expire after 10 years. So people will often have used ones. Um, but, uh, you know, we were we were offered a free one and then had the offer rescinded um, in order for the person to sell the car seat instead. They're completely free free to do so which is yeah they're a total just gave it back it's fine if you if you want to go collect money on the open market for (laughs) your car seat and stroller by all means go ahead yeah 
So uh, we're kind but of dealing with your Kijiji's or Facebook marketplaces <laughs> yeah. for things like that. In my experience, it's and from what fun. I hear, no, is often not worth well, it. Well, and I spent many years buying and selling or working in places buying and selling used things. So I've sort of had my fill of that um, in my life. I, I, I'm also the last few times I used to, you know, I thrifted, I used to thrift a lot more and I would sell some of the things I thrifted. Um, and sometimes I'd sell to friends and I just, uh, I just felt gross, um, being, asking for money for friends for things. And, um, I've just sort of told myself, like, I, I don't really want to sell anything (laughs) ever again, unless it's like truly worth like money, um, something that like appreciates. Yeah. And I would it only want to sell it like, to a stranger, really. Yeah. Um, I don't want to exactly. sell... Exactly. You don't want to sell... I just want to give things um, to friends. Like, that's... You my give parents, things that's to your friends and family. Like that. My parents... My parents have given, like, people who need one, like, extra cars. Like, um, they're poor people who will give you... If they have it to give and they're not using it and you need it, they just give it to you. Like, people... I'm just going to interject and say, because yeah. I've had a few conversations with people recently, you know, asking... People who are, like, affected by the increasing uh, inflation yeah, and, like, stagnant wages or basically or maybe like being unemployed or whatever and just saying like look it's extremely difficult to make ends meet it's way harder now than it was last year or a couple years ago it's like i'm getting worried because like i can't like afford to uh, to feed and clothe myself and my family anymore Mm -hmm. um like what like what do you do what can we do um and like the idea is uh the idea is you have to people who have stuff have to share it yeah. Like there's just no getting around it. Yeah. You have to if you have things that you don't need, you have to give them to people who need them. Yeah. Uh and like not throw it into a market and make every transaction a market exchange. Yeah. That will only further like deprive the people around you from the necessities of life. Yeah. And that's a mutual like digging your own grave in the in the long run. So, yeah. So like, I, you can't get around it. You have to share. Yeah. Share economy. I um yeah, for the benefit of my own, I don't know, soul or feeling. I just can't I can't do it anymore. Um so but I have been trolling Facebook Marketplace, but I I um I refuse to pay like you know, you see people paying thing or trying to sell things for like nearly the retail price when they're clearly quite used. Um but uh and when I when I worked buying and selling used things, um usually the rule of thumb was uh if you were a reseller, you bought for a quarter of the retail price and resold for 50%. Um, it's different for antiques versus used things. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused. Um, people confuse the the way that antiques or vintage things um, accumulate value and just transpose that onto just straight used things. Um, and they, yeah. they don't understand the the differences in the market and that's where like thrift stores have become incredibly expensive yeah compared like value village anyways good old good goodwill is still very yeah. affordable but like um like antiques and collectibles like they have commodity they have value a, they, they have, have market variable value, value and it's well. variable yeah they hold value that's why people collect 
collect these things yeah, because yeah. like they want them to appreciate in value and then yeah. cash them in to retire yeah. a lot of times. But like baby stuff, necessities yeah. of life don't retain value in the market. No. They only retain use value. Yeah. And even that for a limited amount of time. Yeah. So you have to pass those things on. Yeah. And another thing, I'm sorry, just one more thing and then you can <laughs> start talking again. Uh, another thing that falls into this category, even antiques or collectibles that are like family heirlooms. Right. I've yeah. experienced family members trying to sell family heirlooms yeah. to other family members, which is like, what are you thinking? Uh, this is yeah. like something that came over from the old country yeah. 150 years ago. And I get, well, maybe you bought it at auction because like uh, the previous family member uh, wasn't so interested in hanging on to those sorts of things. But like, you know, things of... of uh, of like family value that have that sort of yeah that are that are family heirlooms those should never be market transactions within family either but anyway that's a little digression but (laughs) this is not realizing the nature of value basically but um overall i think we've been very lucky um we've got friends who've passed on cribs and and strollers and things like that and um we're able to we've been able to we kind of have the time and the ability to acquire things used um actually this weekend we went and picked up a set of cloth diapers which holy smokes those things are crazy expensive new um they're like it's like 800 bucks to buy a full set of cloth diapers used but um we got ours like kind of the whole shebang for about 140 bucks that's pretty like incredible like Mm -hmm. for like new parents are often often the poorest people that you're gonna meet in real life well it's also like um i think things like this like in a I don't know, perfect world. Um, you would have like a, a, a baby thing bank, right? Where you would use the Like things. Finland's baby box? Well, kind of, but like almost but like better. a community, like yeah. a community holding bank where you would go and get the things that you need as you need them and then return them to the depot. Um, and uh, yeah, exactly. something like sets Like of, libraries for everything. Yeah, exactly. Like a, like a baby pool. Exactly. A baby, like a resource pool. Exactly. Something like that. Um, you could like run with, it cooperatively, non-profit. Diet. Diapers. Um, I, from what I understand, from most of my friends, people tend to only use them for the first baby because you know, first baby, you're like, oh, the precious baby, and you have maybe a little more time. But if you do have a second baby, by by the time you have like the second or third babies, you're like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I mean, so people tend to stop using them after the first baby, but they are more sustainable, and you can save a lot of money, um, especially like at the start when you're changing the baby like 10 times a day uh it's a lot nicer to have those diapers to wash than it is to buy a whole box of diapers every three days mm-hmm. um because your baby is is that's all they do in the first little while is they sleep and pee um but uh but traditionally like family is the baby resource pool yeah usually right? that's the idea is that things are passed on and but, like uh, but people aren't having as many babies it's People not happening away. always at the same time, right? Because we're we're sort of happening. We're having a baby out of more sync. and more people don't have that built-in familial 
yeah. pool. Like we're just sort of um we're a little bit out of sync. We're not having having a baby in proximity to anyone in either of our families right now. There's nobody who has like and people don't hold on to baby things forever, right? You don't want no. them cluttering it up mo- your it moves on. Your basement. Um so people tend to get rid of that stuff within, you know, five years. Um I do like the community baby pool. Oh idea yeah, so I think that's you I can think run it out of the library or your local community center. It's just like the bike hub, right? It's a baby. Whoop. Whoop. Okay, we're back. Back in business. So yeah, just to wrap up, um, we we're on track to get the baby things. Kind of have a vision of what um, the baby the baby will not have its own room. <laughs> that's for sure. Our house is very small. Um, so it will be sort of baby slash my craft room. Um, and the baby won't be in there for the first little while, um, because they will pretty much be in uh, a little bedside bassinet and out here with us, uh, most of the time for the first, first few months anyways. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but, um, yeah, we're just trying to create more space in a small house, uh, in any way that we can. It's a very interesting adventure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we are like, I don't think. I think we talk about how small our house is on every one of these. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's always an issue. <laughs> well, it is, but it's also like, we are also very lucky that like we have a house and we aren't renting right now. It's true. Um, and like. Solidarity to anyone who's younger than us and hasn't. Absolutely. Uh, doesn't have a house yet because you're not getting one. Yeah, it's, it's over. It's the door is shut. Well, and I mean the some, way is shut. The thing, some things are starting to cool down, but um, you know, yeah, we're we're very lucky to be where we are and have what we have here. So it's not it's not complaining. It's more of just like we're we're sort of playing Tetris. Um, the housing to... market was made by those who are dead, and the dead keep it. Oh yes, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. So just getting getting a little creative there. Um, it'll be nice once uh, one of John's big projects is sort of a, a top to bottom, um, fixing the roof, then fixing the ceilings, and then uh, fixing the floors. This is my summer project every year. Because <laughs> but there's a little more ha- urgency this year. We have not fixed year. the roof. Yeah. The, the floor is actually kind of the big thing because... Um, you know, that's babies spend a lot of time on the floor. Uh, that they like to roll around, they like to crawl. So do I. I like to do those things too. <laughs> uh, so we we need a bit of a, a safer, nicer floor um, for for baby times. Um, so we were that's kind of the the pressing need right now is for us to get uh, get the floor in shape um, and get it a little more baby friendly. Um, and then, uh, yeah, everything else is kind of, we've, we've got a handle on everything else. I mean, obviously nobody is ever ready for the first baby and it's always a bit of a hurricane. <laughs> well, well, we're going to be live streaming all of it from day, from day one. <laughs> we won't. No, uh, that won't be happening. Uh, actually, we might not be doing a podcast for I a while. I will look like, <laughs> I will for just a few be months. like Jabba the Hutt on the couch with baby for like the first while <laughs> um, well in that case we might be doing more podcasting i, <laughs> I don't know about that uh, <laughs> um, jill doesn't like podcasting oh it's fine i'm just um very realistic about what uh post b-day uh life will be like for the first little while um 
but it's nice. Again, we are very lucky. I will have Matt leave. Uh, John will be able to be around um, so we can kind of teamwork. We are very lucky and we are very appreciative. Yeah, absolutely. And we are very thankful. <laughs> Stop making that earnest face at me. I'm an earnest guy. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's something we've sort of no, been... No, but seriously, you said Matt leave, and like that is something we're very appreciative oh, to yeah. have. Oh, uh, yeah. Maternity leave. That's what we've been Maternity waiting for. Maternity leave for for all. Yeah, absolutely. Literally. Like, we, we've been waiting. I think we were probably, like, both, like, on team having a baby at least five years ago. Like, who um, can... I couldn't imagine having a, having a baby without maternity leave or parental leave. Yeah. And like, there's, sort. of course, like, there's in, the government. It's incredible. But it's, it's, neither of us were making very high incomes before I went to teaching. So it would have just been, like, it would have been pretty tough. Um, and I, I know because my, my mom did it uh, yeah. with, with even less um, leave time and, and coming from like a minimum wage paying job. Um, if anyone is like wondering why. For example, like uh, people aren't having babies anymore. Yeah. Literally, the only reason is because it's too expensive now. That's yeah. it. Don't blame literally anything else. Anything else is a is a cover story. Well, and but some people are, are definitely choosing. Most not people to, are but... too poor. Yeah. To do it, or the too people... too anxious about like climate and things like that, and the economy, right? Like, yeah. that's, there's a lot of anxiety around those things, and like it's perfectly okay to choose not to have kids if that's your choice. Um, but uh, yeah, we absolutely. We've... But those people, people who are choosing not to have kids, will I think are generally in the minority. I think there's lots of people who would like to have kids, but just like simply, simply can't. I think that's yeah. way, way more so the reason. But yeah, we've we've been ready for quite some time. Um, it's been a, a big source of anxiety for years, for me anyways, just like um, wondering if we would ever get to the point where we would feel like we could do it. And then last year, having a cervical cancer scare, which turned out to be treatable pre-cancer. Um, but that was, you know, that was very deeply frightening on the like, oh, <laughs> we wait so long that we missed our chance. Um, so yeah, we've talked about that before. But yeah, the last few months have been really nice. Um, ever since I kind of got that stability locked down, um, we're able to find a real positive side and and um, anticipate things in in a less anxious way and in a more excited way, I guess. And also, it's corresponding with spring actually happening and getting out into nature, which has been really nice in the last last month. Even though it's a bit cooler, that's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. I pref- much prefer the cooler. Yeah, much prefer it. You and I are it's both really like, great. You and I are not hot weather people. Neither of us. No, my I think my preferred climate is like the North Atlantic climate. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. Like 18 degrees with some sun. Can't help Perfect. it. Perfect. We both might be of Northern European <laughs> extraction. Yeah, something in the DNA. Yeah. Uh, like I ha- I hate hot. I can't. I can't handle it. Like yeah. I can't physically handle it. I've yeah, I've I've been I'm susceptible to heat stroke. Yeah. Yeah, both of us um, get kind of My constitution droopy. isn't the hardiest. I turn a nice <laughs> like nut brown. Yeah. So I I tan pretty well. I look generally healthy as long as I can take it easy at as slow a pace as I can manage and there's lots of water available. 
I'll be fine in the heat. <laughs> yeah. But like, no, I've found out over the last few years, I am, uh, I'm not much of an agricultural worker. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've been. Um, maybe if I was like uh, 22 instead of 41. Yeah. Are so we, we've been um, going out, watching birds, going for some hikes. Of course, um, my ability to hike for extended periods is a little curtailed, um, mostly because uh, I have some gallbladder issues with uh, when you when you get pregnant, some of the pre-existing medical things uh, become a lot more apparent. Um, and uh, so I don't always have the stamina, especially if I've been working full days at work. Um, and that's a lot of walking. Teaching is a lot of walking. Um, and uh, But we've been trying to get out as much as we can on the nice days just to enjoy. Um, now the leaves are out. So we were out in Bird's Hill. Had a beautiful walk through the cedar bog. Saw some plants. Saw some flowers. If you can do it, nice. one of the healthiest things you can do is just go take a walk. Mm-hmm. Go take a walk in nature well, wherever Winnipeg you are. Is nice because we got these rivers. There's lots of treed paths along them. You know where we live, uh, Churchill Drive Park. Um, you've got lots of trees. It's very nice, very peaceful, very accessible uh, to get down there and and be able to experience a little bit of nature. We live in a forest. I said that a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, we literally live like under a canopy of leaves when the leaves mm-hmm. come in in an older neighborhood with pre planted elms like a hundred years ago yeah whatever that are big and mature a lot of them are going down now but uh but we're gonna be planting <laughs> we're planting some, more we're trees planting some more trees but we're only a f- couple blocks from the red river and yeah. there's always you know there's natural forest around rivers mm-hmm. and like if you live in in winnipeg chances are you're pretty close to some sort of forested area yeah um so that was one of the things like no winnipeg isn't Maybe downtown is sort of like a concrete wasteland, but... Uh, and some of the new suburbs. And the new suburbs, exactly. Yeah. But if you're like in an, in an established, more centrally located urban neighborhood, yeah. then uh, chances are you're under a forest canopy. Yeah. And there's creatures around. Yeah. Lots of birds. Cats have been really enjoying. We've foxes, tried to set deer. up, um, set up uh, like a cat hammock and some sort of pedestals so that the cats can watch out the windows. So they've been really enjoying that. Uh, we are not letting letting these cats roam. Um, we let G or not. Uh, we let Vlad out. R.I.P. The <laughs> we, new, Vlad, the new Gene. No, he's different. Okay, he's his uh, own Gene. But uh, we let Vlad out on a lead. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's too. There's you never know what people are spraying lawns with, or what they can kind of get into when they're out there in cars. Um, there's also a lot more people speeding through our neighborhood uh, these days because of the the construction on Jubilee. Um, and then when new people move into the neighborhood, they can get kind of weird about seeing cats out and about. They're getting weirder about seeing cats. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't people the case. Are very upset. A few years seeing, ago. No, and I'm trying to understand what the phenomenon is because people are posting on the neighborhood cat watch like they take it cat watch literally yeah that they see a cat and then they post on the cat watch that they saw a cat and if anyone asking if anyone's missing a cat when my entire 
life experience um maybe it's like also growing up in a small town thing is like yeah. uh roaming cats is the norm you enjoy the roaming cats you pet them you, I can you let see, them roll around yeah i can see both sides i enjoy i know the there's people yeah the bird killing thing yeah it's is the bird, big, it's the bird that's thing one like the le- that's legitimate i completely yeah. i completely get it but there are ways that you can mitigate your cat's That's right. bird killing capacity, <laughs> like we did with Gene. Every yeah. collar that you buy now, com- buy now comes with a bell on it. Yeah, they can still kill things. Gene had a bell, and he still killed things. Yeah, um, but you made a clown collar, yes. a big fluffy pink multicolored <laughs> clown collar, yeah. and put it around him. And I don't think he killed anything uh, when he was wearing the clown collar. No, I... so you can make your cat look ridiculous enough that a bird can see them coming a mile away yeah <laughs> and it gives them ample time to uh to escape because yeah. your cat can't camouflage itself yeah they can't they can't hide anywhere yeah so all the animals know where your ridiculous clown cat is yeah so <laughs> we we've just uh opted to keep these these folks inside and cats. it's true it's true also about the yard the chemicals yeah as well i think that's that's my that's personal conspiracy too. theory is that like our last two cats like gene and poutine both died untimely deaths due to some sort of cancerous growth um and uh we know our one neighbor who recently sold his house and moved um did spray he his lawn out. um so and you don't know what all I- i've never seen any of the other neighbors and i never saw him actually spraying i feel like he did it clandestinely we only know because he told us um so i don't know maybe he did it at night or something uh when nobody was looking but um yeah, you never quite know what's out there for for or what people keep out in their yards. Uh, I did watch one neighbor dump paint down the like like paint water um, into the the back alley sewer as well. So you just kind of you you don't know. I think that's a time honored tradition. You know, well, yeah, they're too. older folks, <laughs> um, but uh, you just don't know what's out there. So we. We like these these two little little kitties, so we're trying to keep them keep them around for as long as we can, and keep them safe, and also keep the vet bills down because vets are insanely like the inflation that has happened in vet bills has been like off the rails completely. Also, another thing that uh, regular people can't afford to have anymore mm-hmm. is uh, pets mm-hmm. because the vet bills are astronomical. Absolutely, I think we'll be trying to keep uh, these guys away from the vet as much as, as possible much as possible or even maybe switching to like a rural vet or something something like that. yeah something like that it's like i mean we need universal medicare for all for uh pets as well yeah honestly honestly because i i mean when we started taking like when Jean- or you just take or you take the rural approach where yeah. it's like well it's nice to have them but uh, they come and go well you want to take care you want to be a good pet owner and good be a good um but these aren't farm cats no exactly they are it's a different it's it's a different experience so we're just trying to keep their family members like literally we're trying to keep them healthy and and safe as possible so just to mitigate any potential uh just get them the basic care that they need um but uh yeah so we we've um We've been out to, we went out to, this was like, this is a few weeks ago now, but we went out to the Shoal Lakes in the Interlake. 
to do some bird watching. We saw an incredible amount of birds. Um, we saw a lot of birds. Oh man! And I I feel like this year the birds are a little more separate, like spread out because there is just so much water everywhere. So birds that are usually at Oak Hammock are not there this year. Um, the water's very high at Oak Hammock, so I think a lot of the shore birds are not there. Um, and uh, less birds at the Duck Pond. We're yeah. also still uh, potentially in like flooding conditions. Yeah. Here, so a lot of the birds are hanging out in the like the new marshes that are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, yeah the uh, the floodplains around yeah. the Red River, like yeah. going down to Churchill Drive Park by our house. Um, the park down near the river is all soggy. It is a marsh. I've seen, I went for a walk there last week or yeah. two weeks ago. Um, I saw all the birds that I'd usually see at like the St. Fatale Duck Pond. Yeah. Plus more. Yeah. Like mallards, wood ducks. I saw a sandhill crane. Yeah. Um, any numbers, any number of warblers, uh, thrushes. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like a cornucopia of waterfowl and yeah. other uh, bird-like creatures. Absolutely. All just like hanging out in the swampy ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's where a lot of them have dissipated to. Like yeah. there's way more, there's more um, soggy nesting areas. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little more spread out. But, and feeding um, areas, I guess. Whatever. Shoal Lake is, um, and I think a lot of people just didn't realize that, um, that they rebuilt a bunch of the roads around the lakes um, because they, they were pretty degraded and, and one of them was completely gone for a while there. Um, but they've, they've rebuilt, um, especially the road that runs between the North and the South lakes or whatever they're called. Um, but you can take a little, and it's quite a nice road now, like a gravel road in between the lakes. And we saw swans and all sorts of ducks and all sorts of, uh, yeah, coots and all sorts of creatures. Coots for the, for the coot enthusiasts. Yeah. Lots of coots. In your family. Mm-hmm. We saw grouse. Um, and, uh... I'm a coot enthusiast, by the way. John loves a coot. I love a good coot. <laughs> oh, no. Sounds bad. Uh, <laughs> but he really does like to see... No, the coot. The, the American mud, the coot. The mudhead. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Colloquially, <laughs> colloquially known as the mud hen. Yeah. So, um... It's genuinely one of my favorite birds. Yeah. We haven't been doing as much... Seen them when they swim? The way their little heads <laughs> go... Whoop, whoop, whoop. But we had to sort of, um, again... The you see, ever seen their feet? The Holy price smokes. Price of gas. Um, we've had okay, to we've of... moved on from the coot. <laughs> price of gas. Okay. Well, Astronomical. We've ha- yeah, we've had, to, we've had to limit our trips out of the city, which... Have we talked about sense. how expensive it is to live yet? Oh, well, yeah. I think that's what we always yeah, do. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Well, and that's yeah, part we're, of what... Yeah, we're rationing our trips out of the city. Yeah. Like, pretty... Uh, yeah, pretty routinely. Yeah. We're, we have to schedule these things now. Yeah, and... Um, Didn't used to have to do that. But, I mean, using less carbon fuels is good too but it's sort of um it sort of happened so suddenly you're like oh there's no there's no ability to transition to a different way of doing things like how about electrified public transit for all how about that (laughs) um and if you need a car how about you know electric car co-ops if you need to go out to yeah so it's just there's no infrastructure really for for that sort of thing but um uh we've been doing the best that we can getting out and seeing some nature enjoying um well i've put in most of the garden and trying to get that done and then um we've got to go out and uh, get our city plot rocking and rolling garden time it's late in the season for garden time mm-hmm. but we've done most of it yeah so gardening um it's been yeah it's been slow this year it's been quite cool 
Um, we had to wait quite a bit for the all the snow and ice to melt, and then uh, it was very rainy. Things were not drying out. Um, so normally the garden would be totally in and rocking. Um, we might even have radishes by this point. Um, cause usually I'm planting things like radishes and, and carrots, uh, you know, early in May, um, rather than in June. Um, so we, yeah, we kind of have the garden here mostly done, but, um, we also rent a little city allotment that we haven't uh, gotten out to. So that's kind of the next thing we've got to get. We've got to get out there and get our fences put up and get our... Uh... It's probably dry enough now. Yeah. I, I think, think a lot of people are probably a little a little behind. Yes, I think everyone is. Um, we do have some plants. Uh, my, my students have been growing plants this year. Um, so we've got some plants to put in. Um, but uh, yeah, like... I think everyone is, yeah, everyone is definitely a little behind. Um, and uh, even even the people who, like the market gardeners, are a little behind in being able to, especially being able to plant out uh, if they don't have greenhouses or things like that. They're still a little behind, but... Um, yep, they certainly certainly are a little. Things are now... Things but are it is what out. it is. Like, it, yeah. is, it is wet. It's wet and cool. It's been a wet and cool spring. Which and is like... nice. It's better than, um, like, hot right away is pretty bad for gardening. Um, a lot of things that I like growing don't like that hot start. Uh, they like a cool start. Um, but now it's just sort of like trying to ke- play catch up and get things in. Like, um, I haven't planted any peas yet and they like a cool start. So trying to get those guys in, um, and get them growing. Sorry, I'm yawning. I'm stretching. Um, and get them going and, uh, give away a few strawberry plants and things like that. But, uh, for the most part, um, I don't know. Do you know what you, do you have a plan for the city allotment? It's kind of John's baby this year. Uh, this year, Jill gets a baby and <laughs> John gets a baby. John gets a garden baby. John's baby is a, is a garden. Yes. Um, yeah, in the past no, years. No, we, we know what we're doing. I'm taking all the plants that you've started that are now like little plants and uh, whatever ones you don't have space for in the home garden or can't give to your students, you're giving to me. Right. And I'm plopping them so into wanna, yeah. into our city allotment. There's um there kind of go. a fun tomato. Right on started. the air, garden planning. Yeah. There's a fun tomato that um, the kids started that um, they don't seem super interested in taking, um, but the dwarf Arctic rose, which is a hardy... Um, row or a hearty shorter sort of tomato that's bred for canada so i think that i think that'll be interesting out at the plot that'll be a good one yeah i don't know i'm sure it will be cool i don't know what i'm gonna get i don't know what you're gonna give me to put in the ground some zucchinis uh and maybe squash and acorn squash again okay i like those things yeah um and uh, beans well we just have bean seeds so we can plant those anytime Oh, never mind. It's too late. <laughs> it's not too late at all. It's fine. Um, but uh, peppers. Yeah, there's peppers. That there's the kids have been pretty into the peppers, but I think there'll be some leftovers. Corn. Uh, we have corn seeds. Okay, never mind. Yeah, sunflower. It is a pretty. It's a pretty small. Um, yeah, we can plant. I think we'll plant sunflowers here. We don't want anything that needs too much watering. Yeah, just sort of out stuff that will because we can't get there every day. Yeah, well, the, we could. Well, the peppers you might could. be the peppers you might drive be better past it every day. to. Well, I won't after the end of June. Um, but um, the peppers might be better here in containers. It might be easier to look after around here. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, we still have to clean out a few parts of the back garden. 
um, and there's space for a uh, tall thing in the back there. So probably pop some sunflowers in. Um, I was thinking of trying, there's some sunflower seedlings coming up, some volunteers um, in the backyard. And I was thinking of trying to transplant them into the front where the daylilies are and to see if they just sort of come up um, behind the daylilies. I don't know. I don't know if they might compete and <laughs> not, not work well together. But I think sunflowers against the front of the house would be super nice. Oh, yeah, you could you could put them in now. Yeah. So I might just move. You could do a sunflower in a pot. Uh, they got pretty big, pretty big. I'm roots. aware. I've grown sunflowers. I know. I just, I've, I just said it. I filled up most of my my pots at the moment. No, I've got some spaces um, for the sunflowers. I also have some um, sunflowers that grow seeds that you can die with. So I want to make sure I've got a spot for those. I should really get those planted pretty soon, though. Um, but yeah, so we're just uh, trying to go for because I mean around the time it's going to be harvesting time we're also going to be new parents so trying not to do anything too hardcore but uh good point yeah um want to keep it fairly fairly simple uh but that's always hard once it's spring and things are growing you get really excited (laughs) you just want to plant things We've got some perennials. We've got to throw maybe a, a new bed in the front just to pop a few perennials in. Um, but yeah, so things are things are feeling good uh, overall lately. Okay, enough garden talk. Okay. <laughs> um, we don't need to do like chit chat so uh, parts. We do like hard cuts. <laughs> okay, garden talk over. Um, Jill. A few years ago, Jill had a little like community project that she instigated with uh, with oh. a school. Uh, little, it, I it wasn't even a community project on my end. Other people made it a community project, and and there's and, been some news on that. Oh yeah, so I mean, all I, I, I wanted to talk about it just for documentary purposes. Yeah, uh, that it's a cool thing that happened yeah. that Jill was involved with, and I think wouldn't have happened without. Jill, uh, getting the ball I rolling to an extent. I instigated you're, you're, it. At least uh, we're a little, yeah, a little bit of a spark. Yeah, um, kind of at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I started a petition um, to change the name of Cecil Road School here in Winnipeg. Uh, something that it had just been bothering me that some. I think we've talked about this on the on the podcast. Have we? Before. Just a short rundown. Okay, so. so Cecil just, Road School. Who is Cecil Road? Uh, bad man. Um, so a, a out and out white supremacist, uh, colonizer in, um, what is now Rhodesia, South Africa. Formerly Rhodesia. Yeah. Formerly, sorry. Formerly Rhodesia. It's, um, uh, what is it now? Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah. Um, and, and South Africa. Um, so a, you know, he, he extracted millions and millions of dollars worth of natural resources, um, from the African people, from the land. Um, and, uh, was a, a, yeah, just out and proud white supremacist, um, and, uh, helped sort of put the pieces in place, um, that allowed South Africa to become an apartheid state, uh, later on in, in history. He laid the groundwork Um, for Elon Musk's dad to open (laughs) his emerald mine. Well, and also, I mean, the founder of the De Beers Diamond Company, which also mines here in Northern Manitoba and is still doing the same thing, extracting wealth from indigenous lands without, um, sharing that wealth. Like he, the, the, not, 
not he, but his company, um, like he died without children. So it's sort of like an estate sort of thing. But um, like De Beers mines diamonds right outside of Attawapiskat, right? Did he found De Beers? Yeah. Yeah, he did. And he basically took uh, like a whole chunk of Africa, named it after himself, and then used it as like a private uh, slave holding a private plantation, yeah, basically, or it's like for mining. Bad, bad. Uh, man. This was like eighteen hundreds. Yeah, was it early nineteen hundreds even? Yeah, into late eighteen hundreds. I don't even know the exact. It's not even that long. But anyway, not even that long ago. Um, an elementary middle school in Winnipeg uh, has no business being named after this man. Um, it's also in a, a poorer neighborhood. In a neighborhood where uh, most lower of, income, most of the children are indigenous or new Canadians. Uh, from former colonized countries, just in a like, just an awful name to retain. Um, so it had bothered me for years. Um, I had I had asked the division at one point if they had planned on na- changing the school and never got a response. And um, so I started a petition. Um, and because it was sort of like full lockdown, um, people kind of had um, a little more time to pay attention to such things. Um, it was around the time of a lot of Black Lives Matter protests. And there was a concurrent movement in the UK um, to take his name off of other things like things at Oxford University and other places. Um, And so uh, some of the community members in the neighborhood where the school was, um, one of the um, trustees of the Winnipeg School Division decided to champion um, this and it, it took years. Um, they only just announced um, the new school name, and that's so that's two years of of fighting. Um, and uh, so, like, how how did it kick off? Like, what did uh, what did you do? I just I just started the petition. That's all. That's you all. You just started did. a petition, yeah, and then you, you know, handed it over to a friend of yours who lived in. Who well, lives in I the talked to her right? first, and I said, like, I know that her and her partner's kids went to the school and I was like, do you think this is something that people in your neighborhood would want to do or that you would want to co-sign on to? And um, talked a little bit with um, some people in the neighborhood who've been asking for this change for decades. And um, I, I can't say I did too much of that organizing. That was really just, that was people in the neighborhood. And that was like Jennifer Chen, like the trustee. Um, she really took a lot of the frontline flack uh, for this and, and got it done, I think. Because um, there, there was some old, there's some community resistance from yeah. older members Older, whiter members of the well, community. Well, and people who'd moved out of the neighborhood. From people who, who had moved out of the community. Um, so, yeah, there was resistance uh, from a few different quarters. and um, But uh, they made the right choice eventually, and it, it, it is changing. But the community did overwhelmingly support the name change. Yeah, and a lot of the... Um, the, the division sent out a survey, and um, a lot of the people who said no don't change it just they weren't giving thoughtful rebuttals a lot of it was just sort of spewing like racist hateful um reasons uh, in quotes um to not do it just a lot of like honestly um like 
unhelpful nostalgic yeah, reasons for exactly. that's what this is what it was called when i was a kid when i went to school there and i want it to always be that because i yeah. always want it want to remember it that way and yeah. to go back and look at it drive past it once in a while and it would still yeah. be the same and look the same but yeah, that's so not that's not how it works it um yeah so it's changing i think as of um next september it'll have its new name um the new name is kuwait and prairie uh, community school it sounds like a lot of the suggestions um had those sort of two themes in there so take an indigenous name um already associated with that area of the city um and and also so just sort of adding in the ecosystem um, that would have existed there uh, originally as well. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a very it's a good it's a good name for community school. Um, really, schools should probably not most places should not be named after people um, anymore. You should really just go for geographic uh, or. Um, restoring like original original names um like indigenous names uh, when it comes especially when it comes to the land and to places on the land um but uh yeah so it's good that that um through the hard work of of people like jennifer chen and other community members um that that was able to happen because it it really needed that push uh the petition wouldn't have done it alone um somebody really needed to to go to bat um and get it done yeah it was something that probably was inevitably going to happen eventually. Uh, I'm sure, you know, you and your friends in, in that community weren't the only ones who no, had noticed or all. were thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. There's um, lots of other people. It's sort of like just an obvious thing that was just needed, like, someone to punt it, just yeah. to kick, kick it off. Yeah. And, like, in that way, I think it's a really... I know you don't like tooting your own horn <laughs> or self publicizing or anything like that um i don't either it's reprehensible it's disgusting uh we all everyone hates it when people do it uh but that's what everyone does now um but whatever um you actually did something good like uh, community members can actually do good things in their community um yes it's just changing the name of an of an elementary school but it's different in that um like it is a tangible change for good due to to grassroots community organizing led by people in that community yeah. to make a change for the better within their community. So, yeah. like, it can happen. It's not just a symbolic thing either. It's just not, it's not like, you know, someone has pulled down a Cecil Rhodes statue at a protest or something, yeah. not like a spontaneous action. It's a, like a organized, premeditated, long-term project like that people in their communities got together to do because that's what they wanted to do yeah and then you have like people like jennifer chen and other people in in the school division and political type people seeing that community organizing and being like this is what this is what our community wants to do and i represent them so i'm gonna do my part in the bureaucratic administrative end to make that happen so yeah. like that's kind of how you know you want people want things to change for the better in their lives and their communities and and the world at large like this is the process by which that happens yeah so so that's good. pretty cool it's just a tangible concrete good thing yeah um that, so i think that's that's and really we need good things to talk about yeah so i think that's good. that's really the yeah that's the last major piece of news that we have yep Good job, dear, and I'm proud of you. <laughs> keep it, keep it going. You're uh, probably one. Of, you're the most one of the most inspiring people I've oh, ever met. Stop. You are my personal hero. It's true. Ah, 
<laughs> I think you're great. I th- I think I I wish everyone in the world could be like like Jill. <laughs> I would try to be more like her every day. It'd be a lot more anxiety. Um, but yeah, thank you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think there'd be le- way less anxiety. I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> thank you, dear. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's kind of all we wanted to cover. Yeah, every I think we're gonna go. Uh, any or every ordinary person can have a part to play once in a while to do something good. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Yeah, but you can do it. Sunny out. Uh, we've got trees to plant, things to do. Yeah, lots of things to do. I did a good thing too. It's not. It's not on the same level at all. Uh, I made a cassette tape. Oh yeah, John's That's making all. music. It's good. Yeah, the uh, disgusting self promotion thing. But this isn't self promotion to talk. <laughs> this is basically just like uh, documentation for the archives. <laughs> that when we go back and listen and and we can find it uh, when the when Jill did the Cecil Rhodes thing <laughs> and when I made a tape yeah. of music. I made a tape of music. Yeah, my old band Teleharmonium um, songs that we recorded uh four or five years ago pre-pandemic um it's four songs finally got them mixed and finished up and posted on bandcamp you can find that stuff on bandcamp it's just like basement average shit kicker uh rock and roll music yeah um which is fun Mm -hmm. it's fun to do i like it yeah i think it sounds good playing music with your friends is like another ordinary genuinely 100 percent uh unmitigated good thing uh to do yeah um and uh yeah just to package package it all up it's on like a little cassette tape uh mm-hmm. now nobody listens to cassettes anymore but <laughs> apparently they're popular again maybe i've talked about it before i don't even listen to to cassettes even but it's like when you have a, like a little embodied uh token yeah of your uh of your labor yeah that's uh, nice. that's a good thing to have but yeah teleharmonium i'll put the uh name in the show notes mm-hmm. if you want to check it out you're certainly welcome to under no obligation to purchase a cassette i wouldn't purchase a cassette either <laughs> i simply wouldn't i i would um, <laughs> just to have it and it's a nice little package and i'm more of a record is, guy yeah music's very fun uh but like they're fun to make i shouldn't be be talking too much shit about cassettes because like uh I have a bunch of friends who like making cassettes and they're fun to make yeah. too. And people and people like them. So yeah, absolutely. Whatever. Okie doke. Well, I think that's it for this installment. Uh, I, also, uh, we went to go see a good movie called The Northman. <laughs> John went to see it twice. I went to go see it twice, once with Jill and once with my brother. <laughs> but it's very <laughs> it's, good and I recommend everyone to see it. Yeah. Um, unless you don't like horrific amounts of uh, violence and uh, Viking uh, Vikings doing bad stuff to people <laughs> and... Uh, it's very like- saga like if you if you know anything about Icelandic sagas and what they're actually like um it's very true to form but if you want a reason to go to the movie theater mm-hmm. the northman is is a good reason to to do it yeah it is an Iceland it is basically an Icelandic saga it's based yeah. on the folk story uh that became the basis of Shakespeare's Hamlet yeah. in fact so it's a it's a classic tale yeah as well yeah it's good go see the northman don't take your kids no don't do that (laughs) not good uh okay that's good enough (laughs) we'll let jill go thanks for i need a snack (laughs) you are a snack (laughs) i snack a lot these days i'm always hungry 
gotta get uh gotta get this baby fed yeah let's get out of here <laughs> all right thanks for listening once again we'll catch you next time for who knows even what it's gonna be will <laughs> jill be we'll back see. will be uh, john clearing the planes will it be some sort of unhinged uh rant you never know will it just be a uh, baby screaming in the background will the there just be time? a baby screaming in the background you never you never know <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep things unpredictable here yeah Anyway, it'll probably just be a combination of the three. <laughs> like, <laughs> of all they, those. like they all are. Yep. <laughs> all right. Catch you later. See you next month. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah!